You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome in to episode 49 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, the man, the myth, and always a legend, Aaron Riley. Uh, Aaron, back after an eventful uh, week three in the NFL, week four, whatever it is in, in college football, they have that week zero. So I never really know what week it is in college, but nonetheless, it was certainly an eventful week. Um, Aaron and I are back to break it all down, um, give an update on our picks um, from the previous week. And just really dive into to all things NFL. But Aaron, first of all, how are we feeling after an Eagles-Cowboys Monday Night Football showdown? Dude, I'm trying to I'm trying to find the positives. But, you know, regardless, <laughs> there's, a, there's a ton of sports on, so I can't com- necessarily complain. Uh, it's National National Coffee Day for everybody that uh, oh, yeah. you know, goes, goes for that type of thing. You know, myself included, I'm, a, I'm an iced coffee type of guy. But, Me too. Are you, uh, real quick, are you are you iced coffee 365 24/7? I am, I am. Even even in the coldest day, I'm 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 taking the iced coffee to the, every every single time, 7 out of 7. This is why we week. have this podcast, folks. Our our chemistry <laughs> is just so in sync right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, if if anybody's listening to this and you know, maybe it's the same day, maybe maybe it's uh still Wednesday, you know, go to Starbucks, go to Dunkin. It's actually free today, so why not? Uh, I haven't yet, so but yeah, I'm I'm ready to talk some some football, talk some uh, you know a little bit of wild card baseball as well, and, and just get rolling. Sprinkling some baseball, uh, two exciting close finishes it, it will be um, in the National League wild card and the American League wild card as well. Seems like the entire AL East is competing for a playoff spot uh, outside of your beloved Orioles, Aaron. But they are currently taking care of business of the hated Red Sox, which is always <laughs> uh, always fun when that happens. Um, but first, NFL, um, Aaron and I, I think we're just going to talk primetime games first. Um, then we're going to kind of go back and forth, sprinkling our thoughts from some interesting matchups throughout the weekend. Obviously, get a State of the Union pulse check from the Eagles. Obviously, do the same thing for the Jets. Aaron and I are certainly hurting right now um, after our two franchises put up absolutely the definition of pathetic efforts on Sunday and Monday, respectively. Um, but either way, Sunday Night Football, Packers 49ers, Packers were favored to lose by three. I, I picked them to win. Shout out to me. We'll get to our picks and results later in the show. Um, Aaron cool. Rodgers is left with 37 seconds on the clock. Aaron, is that too much time for one of the, if not the greatest quarterback of all time? Yeah, I, I think 
I think you give them more than 15 seconds, more than 10 yeah. seconds, you're, you're, you're in, you're in deep shit. And, and that proved to be true, uh, you know, Sunday night. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, final stat line, 23 for 33, 261, two touchdowns. Jimmy Garoppolo, a pedestrian, 25 for 40, 257, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, this game was interesting. I feel like anytime the 49ers play in prime time, they're like always somehow either squeaking out a win or uh, eking out a close loss. I feel like it's never like a blowout one way or the other, which is why I was like very hesitant to, to pick the Packers because every time I go against San Francisco, I always seem to lose, whether it's like, especially if it's against the, the Rams. McVeigh, I feel like has uh, Shanahan's number, no doubt. Um, but I mean, Aaron Rodgers after week one, obviously getting dominated 38 to 10 by the saints told everyone to R E L A X relax. Once again, that's a throwback to like eight years ago when he said that after a press conference and ESPN played on loop for like four weeks straight back when Aaron and I were in high school. And that probably is like the start of my hatred for ESPN. Nonetheless, <laughs> no, no ESPN tangents today. Aaron, keep me in line. Um, a back-and-forth game, I think probably the, the definition of, of a back-and-forth game. Devontae Adams was unbelievable. Aaron Jones, I think, is phenomenal. Probably a lot better than people do give him credit for. Um, and, yeah, I think the, the whole storyline surrounding Aaron Rodgers coming to the season was that he didn't care, uh, was that the locker room was fractured, that he wasn't uh, supporting the culture there and what they were trying to do in Green Bay. But, uh, I mean, if you think that he doesn't care anymore after – this game just looked at his post-game celebration on the sideline. I don't think there, there was a happier guy uh, in the NFL uh, after his, his team won on, you know, this past weekend. So um, I think for the 49ers, like that's, uh, that's you know, the Packers are obviously a great team. I feel like they play each other every year in the playoffs. So like they always have tough games anytime they match up. So I don't think you can be like all that pissed. The only thing I would question is like, is it time for Trey Lance? I think, Jimmy G, uh, you know, outside of like 2018, 2019, when he was healthy, I think that was probably like the pinnacle of his career. Uh, but now I think he's he's just proving that he's not the guy to like get the job done. I, th- I think if he has a few more throws or plays, like even a tad bit better than he, than he did, and he certainly is capable of that, no doubt. We just haven't seen it in a while because A, last year he was banged up, and B, you know, this year we just haven't seen it yet because he hasn't been consistent by any stretch of the imagination. But um, with all like the rookie quarterbacks struggling, I guess you could say outside of like maybe Mac Jones um, with this roster being built to win. Now, I know we talked about it a little bit last week, but like, I feel like the, the noise in San Francisco with all these losses or, or, you know, I mean, it's their first loss of the season. So I shouldn't say all these losses, but uh, you know, I think any, anytime they lose this year, the noise is just going to get louder and louder for, for Trey Lance. Yeah. I think, you know, you, you sum that up. I think, uh, the, the 49ers themselves are they're probably a quarterback away from from like winning this game, winning multiple close games. They probably would have beat up on the Eagles even more so uh, with a, with a better quarterback, you know, going back one week. So, yeah, I think um, I, it's, it's going to be tough. I mean, I know, you know, down the stretch a while ago it was Alex Smith and, and obviously Kaepernick. That was a whole different storyline, whole different dynamic there. But. Um, I don't know if they're, they'd be willing to like pull the, the trigger on Trey Lance like midseason. I don't know, you know, what's in the cards for, for Kyle Sh- or for uh, Shanahan there. So, um, yeah, I mean, just breaking down this, this individual game, it's, it's pretty interesting. Um, like like San Fran was seven for 11 on, on third down, uh, only had four penalties, uh, almost for the same amount of yards, though, as, as uh, Green Bay's penalties and, and time of possession was just about split as well. Um, I think it was. 
very impressive uh, that the fact that the Green Bay Packers only gave up 67 rushing yards to a team that, you know, loves to pound the rock, loves to, oh. to win the, the ground game. And, and Green Bay had actually 100 even rushing yards. So, um, yeah, definitely going in, I was I was feeling 49ers victory uh, just because they, it's just so hard to beat them in prime time on their turf. Uh, it just like like Daniel said, it's one of those things. It's just for whatever reason, they're, they're just insanely tough to beat. And and obviously they, they proved to be that in this game as well. You know, it took the last second field goal obviously for, for the Packers to pull that off. But uh, yeah, all credit to, to Aaron Rodgers in this one. Uh, last time he was in San Francisco, he got blown out of the water. Yep. Absolutely blown back to Green Bay pretty much. Um, so yeah, he, uh, he definitely orchestrated, you know, multiple great drives and uh, they did enough to win, obviously. I think, uh, you know, I'm always, for whatever reason, I, I just have a hatred for the 49ers. So i uh, love to see them lose. They're another team I just don't like. <laughs> Love, love to see him lose. I, I mean, yeah, I think you have to give credit to the 49ers here. Obviously, I think they were down by like about 17 points. And then uh, Trey Lance ends up scoring like towards towards the end of that first half with with arguably like one of the sickest blocks I've ever seen from from Trent Williams. He, he obviously playing left tackle, comes up and just pile drives Eric Stokes into the ground, which is like very funny. I saw on Twitter that people were saying it wasn't a touchdown by Trey Lance. It was actually a touchdown by Trent Williams, even though he didn't have the ball. But it seems like we should just direct hand off to Trent Williams. He could probably score a touchdown at this point. Um, but yeah, I think some, some other key points, obviously, you know, Devonte Adams was down for a little bit. Uh, he got hit by Jimmy Ward. I think a lot of the players and, and maybe some folks at home were calling for a penalty there. Obviously it's scary. Anytime, uh, you know, your number one receiver, arguably one of the best wide receivers, if not, you know, top three wide receiver in the league is, is on the ground for a little bit, but ends up coming back and, and he was fine. Had some funny quotes after the game. Um, also, I had no idea Josh Dorman was uh, was on the 49ers. That was a new one for me. It seems like they swapped, uh, you know, uh, they swapped Richard Sherman for Josh Norman and Sherman, oddly enough, signed with the Bucks today. Um, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, I think it ended up having to go to the hospital, which is which is kind of scary. Speaking about Josh Norman, but hopefully he's OK. I know he had like a chest injury officially, but might have had a couple of bruised lungs there. Um, but yeah, I mean, just take away, obviously, like. Aaron Rodgers money in the fourth quarter, there's nothing you can really do about it. And if Jimmy G continues to play the way he does, then I think he's going to play his way out of a starting job, especially as Trey Lance starts to, uh, to develop. Yeah. I think it's a matter of more so when than if, um, you know, I, I've been outspoken saying Jimmy G is just not, not the guy, not good enough. And, and especially with, I mean, that team just is, surprisingly better than I thought they would be as far as just top to bottom. Like they're, they're staying in these games no matter what. So, um, you know, you put a, a, a different quarterback in there and maybe that's just enough to get them over that hump and, and right. win these games that they're, they're barely dropping. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Um, so the 49ers, they play, they host Seattle this week, uh, which should probably be one of the better games of the weekend. Um, if, if both teams hold up there, and then the Packers, they host the Steelers, which hopefully is another quote-unquote get-right game for, for the Packers. Obviously, Big Ben uh, looked like he was stuck in quicksand all week last week. I mean, <laughs> I, not to get into Big Ben, I, I legitimately saw him run to his right, take two steps, throw the ball, and then collapse on the field like he was like, I don't know, there was a tripwire there, and he was, or he was like getting shot from a sniper in the stands. Um that's Big Ben talk. They'll always got to always got to rag on him a little bit. But yeah, two two good games. I mean, hopefully it's it's probably a better game for the between the 49ers and Seattle. Hopefully the 49ers win that game. 
give my Jets a, a better first round pick. Um, but yeah, should be two good games for those teams. Um, Aaron, I think we have delayed the top since the top of the show enough to get to your beloved Philadelphia Eagles. Um, oh, the man. Cowboys unfortunately took them down 41 to 21 on Monday night football. A uh, couple of hilarious uh, Manning cast moments, which might've been the only highlights of the night for, for Eagles fans. Um, but where, where do we start with, with this matchup? Oh man, I'm, I'm glad you got to, uh, you know, partake in the uh, Manning broadcast. Unfortunately, I was listening to the ESPN broadcast, which could not have given Dallas. I like if there was a limit, like there was a cap of a thousand compliments for the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> like they maxed that out. Over under. <laughs> oh, it was. It had to have been times ten. There was probably ten thousand good things they said about the Cowboys. It probably just in the first half. Right. It almost made me sick to the point where I, I had to turn it off. But uh, it was my only option. I was streaming it on my phone. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, just absolutely brutal. I mean, it's just horrible, p- pathetic, shitty, garbage, whatever, however you want to, you know, negatively uh, break down this, this effort from the Eagles. It was just terrible. Um, I have here their, their first seven possessions either resulted in a punt or uh, an, an interception by Jalen Hurts. So Decent. Uh, <laughs> weren't ready to play, weren't. Um, yeah, just and then you know, just there's so many things. I don't, I don't want to drag this out too yeah. much, but uh, you know, obviously there was this the strip fumble recovery by Fletcher Cox. I was starting to feel like, all right, we're if we can just somehow control the clock or or, or run the ball or or just somehow just put some drives together. Uh, but that was too much to ask for. Obviously, uh, just an absolute beatdown. They the Eagles ran the ball a total of three times in the entire game, which I. I don't know if I've ever seen that college NFL Manheim Township High School. I, I don't know if any yeah, team. Manheim Township for sure. They dialed up back there. <laughs> I'm sure they uh, I'm sure they understand that the run sets up the pass better than Nick Sirianni does at this point. <laughs> um, just I don't know. I mean, you look at the numbers, it's it doesn't it's kind of like misleading because Jalen Hurts was 25 of 39, so very similar to what Jimmy G did. Um for 326 and two touchdowns, two picks, but it wasn't close. It wasn't like he kept us in the game. It, one of the touchdowns was just like false hope, and, and I fell into that trap when it was it was like 27-14 at one point. I was yep. like, all right, we we might be able to put this together. Um, but yeah, other than Jalen Hurts escaping with the ball, like I said, they they ran they ran Miles Sanders for twice. He got 27 yards, and they went away from that. Absolute <laughs> genius. Absolute genius game plan once again by by Sirianni. Um, didn't really go. I mean, Jalen Hurts was missing the tight ends all night long. I, yep. I was watching. Dallas Goddard was getting open, like had to have been 75% of the time, just missing him. Uh, he had one catch, catch and run for like a almost 30 yards. I remember that. But other than that, I mean, it just pathetic. A defense was getting waxed left and right. We they Dallas was running the same play over and over and over and we couldn't like it was eight yards six yards seven yards nine yards on the ground, it just well, a lot worse than I thought. I, I knew we were gonna have problems, but to say that uh, you know Jalen Hurts was gonna play as bad as he did, it, I it was just brutal, brutal. Yeah, I, I mean the the stats are like the the tail of the tape there. I mean obviously stats are always misleading if you're looking at him in the box where after a game, but. Jalen Hurts throwing the ball 40 times compared to Dak Prescott throwing it 26 times. Uh, Jalen Hurts leading the team with 35 yards rushing. 
Uh, he had nine carries himself. Obviously, those aren't you know design runs. But Miles Sanders has two carries. Kenneth Gainwell has one. Compared to Zeke has 17 for 95 yards. And then Tony Pollard has 11 for 60. Uh, Clement had a couple. And then Dak obviously had a, had a couple of runs when he was forced out. But, um, you know, give Mike McCarthy some, some credit. I mean, I guess I don't know if it's Mike McCarthy. It's probably more Kellen Moore. Um, his offensive coordinator has been there for, for a few years now, but just looking at the tail, tell the tape, tell the stats, I should say, it just, it seemed like Dallas had a much more balanced game plan going into it. And you could argue that, you know, they're running the ball, you know, more when they're up and, and Dak's throwing it more when it's like a closer game, obviously when they were tied, you know, after Dak, you know, up, you mentioned the Fletcher, Fletcher Cox play, absolutely hilarious uh, by the way, but you could argue that when it's a close game like that, the Cowboys are obviously going to throw more and then, you know, balance out the running stats a little bit more when they're up, but um, especially after Hertz throws that, throws that pick six. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I just think it, it Dallas, like to me, looks more of like a competent team after last year. I think you saw a lot of what you saw in Green Bay, Mike McCarthy's last few years there, um, just inexplicable play calling, inexplicable clock management, which we did see some from Mike McCarthy, which is always a funny staple. Um, but they didn't seem like they were really organized as much. And I think last night or two nights ago, you, you definitely saw that. And, and Sirianni, I think, is just kind of going through what every rookie head coach, what every rookie play caller, uh, you know, especially with, with Gannon's defensive coordinator, obviously his first time calling plays too. I think they're just going through uh, what every young head coach, every young play caller is going through at this point. Um, and I think the, the talent is there with, with Hertz. I just, you know, sometimes question his decision-making a little bit, not to say that, uh, you know, he can't, he can't be the guy, but if he strings together games or continues to at least string together games like this, I think you definitely have to have to question a little bit more, but I mean, he, he looks, you know, like he can run the offense. It's just, you know, it seems that when, when big moments come, he just doesn't, you know, live up to them, you know, consistently. Yeah. I'm see, I might be, uh, you know, Daniel's probably a more positive, outlook on this whole situation than I have. I watched, uh, I couldn't tell you how many post games, how many uh, analysis of this game. And the thing is like a lot of like Seth Joyner, he played for the Eagles back in the day. I think he's probably in the Eagles hall of fame. Uh, just very good linebacker. He, he always kind of like, I, my opinion lines up with him quite a bit. Uh, he, he just said like, you know, if we're, if we're getting beat, that's one thing, but if we're, game planning like completely the wrong way that's a whole other problem that we got to get through and and another thing is now like the 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 philadelphia media is having a uh you know a field day with with uh sirianni if i can get my words out here with sirianni uh uh just wearing the uh the beat dallas shirt all week and then you know you come out and you just absolutely lay an egg um i know like jonathan gannon was getting criticized like very much so for playing two high safeties the entire game, even though, you know, they just keep running Zeke, keep running Zeke. And then it seemed like every time Pollard got the ball, it was nearly a first down. Like, I, I don't know what it is with that guy, but we cannot, can't find him, can't wrap him up, can't get him on the ground, whatever it might be. It's just, it's a, it's a disaster. So I don't know, man, I'm, I'm feeling extremely negative. I'm, I'm not going to lie for the rest of the season, just because now we got to play the one and two chiefs, uh, which, I mean, easy week. It, they don't want to drop down to, to one and three. You know that. Um, right. Especially in that tough AFC West. AFC West. Exactly. So I, I just see there's, I mean, there, I just don't see us winning that game. Maybe somehow we, we find it within ourselves to beat the Carolina Panthers without 
but McCaffrey will probably be back by then. So I, I don't know. And then we got to play Tampa Bay. So it just, I don't know, man, I, it's going to be absolutely brutal to, to sit through these games. And we, it, if we come out and we don't run the ball more than 10 times next week, like I might boycott the team for a couple of weeks. Like it, it might wow. go just because it's, if you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting yep. a different result. So if you come yes, out and throw the ball 55 times again, it's just, I can't do it, man. I, I, we got to run the ball, at least see where that takes us. Uh, or Miles Sanders is probably going to be like, yo, just put me on a whole different team. Like, Give me yeah. give me one positive. One small little inkling of a positive <laughs> takeaway that we can hang our hats on for this week. Uh, okay, I'll say the one – the one and and really there were probably three positives total. Like like I said, uh, Seth Joiner, shout out. The, I need that guy on the pod. I need to do whatever it takes to get him, get him on. up. What's uh, he? Do, what's he do? What does he work for? He works for uh, CSN Philly, so he's gotcha. on, um, on there. But he he basically said the punter brought his A game, and uh, Jonathan Hargrave, wow, the punter. The the punter showed up, and I and I would argue that point because I know the one punter. <laughs> It was like he punted from the end zone, no, near the end zone to, to maybe the 50. So that's incredible. Not, uh, but yeah, you know, I'll, I'll wrap this up. I, I would say Jonathan Hargrave, the, the defensive lineman, he's he's turned into a stud. He He's proven to be uh, a good player. That bomb that Jalen Hurts threw to uh, Quez Watkins, I have no idea how he caught that or, or how Jalen yeah. Hurts made that throw. But uh, yeah, and the only other thing is that one drive, I think it was like, not long after half, we just kind of went down the field, bang, bang, bang. I was like, where has that been the last two weeks, really? Uh, we, we just If you're going to throw the ball a shit ton of times, I would try and run a, a fast tempo from here and there uh, and just see where that takes you. Like, just just try different things. Uh, be creative because, right. you know, just having Jalen Hurts in the shotgun, you know, RPO, 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 RPO 50 times, it's not working. So, um, yeah, those are kind of the small positives, but – the game plan has to change or, or this fan base is absolutely going to eat Sirianni alive already. Hey, one good takeaway. The punter is doing well. <laughs> That's what we can take away from this game. Also, always sunny in Philadelphia is a phenomenal television show. So you guys always have that, Philly. Look there that. you go. <laughs> uh, I'm, avo- I'm going to avoid talking about the Jets here because I might have to be more negative than, than Aaron, um, which, which – I don't want to do it. I will. I will save it for for later in the show. So that's a little tease for you guys to, for some reason, to keep listening to us babbling about football. Uh, I'm gonna go positive for the Jets here. The Patriots stink. Uh, I watched this entire game. The Jets played at four o'clock. Uh, I'm sorry. Were you done with the Eagles? I don't want to. Is that your last point? Oh, dude. I, I. It makes me sick to think about it. So yeah, please, as okay. fast as you can, move on. Okay. I apologize. Um, <laughs> I'll be a better co-host next next week. I promise. Um, the Saints murdered the Patriots 28 to 13 uh, with somehow Jameis Winston only throwing for 128 yards somehow with Kamara for only running for, you know, 90 yards, 89 yards, excuse me. Uh, I watched this entire game. Mac Jones looks like big Ben does currently might be slower than big Ben, which is <laughs> the most impossible thing. I mean, you could get out of your chair, walk across the room and be faster than, than big Ben is currently. Uh, looks like there's molasses and quicksand in the pocket. Um, the offensive line for the Patriots got obliterated in this game. Uh, the Saints <laughs> defense, I feel so bad for them. They they 
year in and year out, probably since like 2015, have had one of the best defenses in the entire league. Demario Davis, one of their all-pro, pro bowl linebackers. Used to play for the Jets, went to the Browns, played for the Jets again, and is now in the Saints. Talk about uh, your glow-ups there. Shout out to my boy, Demario Davis. Um, mm. If a team could get dominated physically in all aspects of, of the game, uh, this was a prime example. I mean, the Saints blocked a punt. Uh, they had a pick six. Uh, they sacked Jones a million times. They had three picks total. Um, and Jameis, like, didn't fumble the football, even though he got hit, like, several times. If you've seen that video of him, like, shuffling with the ball, he has it with two hands, and, yeah. like, moving in and out of the uh, dodging a punching bag. Right. Hilarious video if it's on Twitter. Just type in Jameis Winston punching bag or on, like, Google if you don't have Twitter. Uh, he was basically doing that to Patriots defensive linemen, but, like, just couldn't sense when to, like, run. So he was like looking guys in the face, shuffling, 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 just waiting to get hit. I was literally waiting for him to fumble like six times. Somehow didn't. Maybe it's two hands in the football. It's Jameis learning. Uh, he did not play well. Like I said, only 128 yards. Uh, they ran Taysom Hill. You know, he had one long run, one touchdown run in the fourth quarter when the game was already over. That kind of, you know, put a dagger in the hearts of the Patriots. But uh, yeah, I was very surprised. I, I did not think this game was going to be interesting. I just kind of wanted to tune in to see how Mac Jones would handle the Saints defense. Um, did not hold up, obviously. I mean, he threw the ball 51 times. Uh, that's, that's a 5-1, folks. Um, and then it was also their leading rusher with 28 yards, which is, you know, tough, obviously. Uh, so, I don't, you know, anytime a rookie quarterback's thrown it 51 times, I don't think you're going to win the game. Um, and I have Kamara on my fantasy team, and he caught a touchdown, which was obviously great for me. Um, oh. The offense, to me, like, makes no sense. I, I just don't know how they're – I mean, the, the score is obviously not indicative of um, the entire game. I mean, they have this this kid, Callaway – no, I think it's Harris. He, he's from – he went to school at Assumption. It was Assumptions in Massachusetts, in New England area, for those who aren't familiar. And he was playing the Patriots, which are his hometown team, which are pretty cool. Um, he's their kick return, punt return. He had, like – a couple of runbacks where he was giving them like field, uh, like good field position after good field position after good field position. Um, they had that block punt, like I said. So the lack of yards for Kamara and Winston might be a little bit deceiving, just as you know, because when you factor in where they were starting each drive. Um, but for them to put up 28 points and like for them to only have like minimal yards, it's just like crazy how efficient they are. And like credit to Sean Payton, he can basically make you know. Uh, a Michelangelo statue out of anything that's really put in front of them for, with, with an offense. That's a horrible analogy, but the folks <laughs> at home know what I'm talking about. So I don't think I want to watch the Saints ever again because, you know, anytime they're on offense, it was boring. Anytime the Patriots were on offense, it was also boring. But their defense, man, is is absolutely flying around, and I give that team a ton of credit. Yeah, 100%. I think Malcolm Jenkins made a, a decent play in this game as well. Um, shout out Malcolm Jenkins. Never should have let them go, but that's besides the point. Uh, no, it's, it's it was kind of like the more, you know, I would check in with this game. I can't say I sat there and watched, uh, you know, I probably saw 75% of it. It just felt like, like Daniel said, uh, Mac Jones was just like basically handicapped as far as getting out of the pocket. Like it's just, he cannot get out of his own way. Um, that I love, uh, you know, I'm just going with the theme of blasting people. Uh, I just love to see the Patriots, you know, lose and lose oh, yeah. a home game. And lose it to a team that's not like you know. I wouldn't say they're they're like a stellar team by any like they're a good team, but um, yeah, that defense really is what is what they're riding on right now. Obviously, no more 
Drew Brees era is over. Um, and then Drew Brees really wasn't the same last year. So they've had to build that defense and continue to build that defense to, to try and, you know, stay in games and things of that nature. But I don't know. I, I don't know if you, if you're the Patriots, if you can survive in the NFL, uh, unless their defense like wins them games, uh, like how are you going to go up against a, a Mahomes when he can drop like 40 on you, right. you know, and, and, and try and keep up unless you're going to hold Mahomes to like 21 points or under 30. And, and I, still, even then it's like, is your offense going to carry you to 28 points? I, I, I don't know. I, I they're kind of they're kind of no man's land, and and I'm surprised that like Mac Jones. I I thought Mac Jones would be throwing the deep ball more. Uh, I'll be honest with yeah. you, or, or at least attempting to. I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, I'll, I'll give him this. He 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 tried to like when they were down, and and he had a couple accurate ones that that his receivers couldn't come up with. But I mean. You know, Marcus Williams, you know, their cornerbacks who I'm blanking on their safeties, like they're they're legitimately running stride for stride with with their receivers. So he was fitting them into some tight windows. And I, I I think overall he does have an accurate deep ball. It's just I think after a couple of them when you know fell incomplete, I, I think he lost a little bit of confidence. Obviously, that's me being a fan, having no idea what was said to him or what is going on in his head. But um, I, I just think it, after a couple a couple of tries, Belichick's probably like, hey, buddy, maybe we just don't try that anymore and we'll try to get yards elsewhere because sometimes it was like third long, second long, and he's trying these long passes. It's just handicapping his team for, you know, set him up for a punt or just handicapping, handicapping them for a third long, which obviously limits a lot of the play calling that McDaniels can can even do. So, uh, yeah, I mean, for anyone who, who, who said the Patriots are going to make the playoffs, uh, you're wrong, uh, plain Ooh. and simple. Um I mean, dude, just think they have a tough schedule uh, coming up. And I, I just don't think that where it stands now, I don't think McDaniels can do all that he wants to do. I mean, obviously he can do more with Mac than, uh, than Cam Jones, but, or jeez, uh, Cam Newton, not Cam Jones, <laughs> combining the two, than Cam Newton. But uh, I, I think just uh, the inexperience obviously, uh, you know, limits a lot of the play calling. You take a look at all the rookie quarterbacks. Obviously, Zach Wilson struggled. Justin Fields has struggled. Trevor Lawrence has struggled. Terry Lance hasn't played a game yet. I think we get wrapped up in, you know, the Lamar Jacksons, the, the Andrew Lux, the Russell Wilsons, um, you know, the Baker Mayfields, the Dak Prescotts, all these quarterbacks the last five, six, seven years who have come in week one, uh, done fairly well, and, and obviously have led to some pretty good statistical seasons for these rookie quarterbacks. That's not the norm. I think if you look historically at rookie quarterbacks and them starting week one, um, obviously they're probably going to net out to be average to below average, if not some of the worst quarterbacks statistically in the league on average. Um, but I think that's what you're seeing this year. Obviously, I think um, it's predicated on which team you go to, which I'll get to in a second when we talk about the Jets. But Mac Jones clear, clearly having the best roster out of all the rookie quarterbacks, clearly having the best coaches out of all the rookie quarterbacks, but he's still struggling. Um, so I think it's just a product of these guys being young, it's grown men football. They're seeing these defenses for the first time. Um, they're seeing essentially all-star teams, you know, for the first time. And that's coming from, you know, Mac Jones who played in the SEC and, and basically saw, you know, all-star teams and, and five-star recruits week in and week out. Uh, so I don't think, you know, it's a, it's a reflection on, on Mac as a whole. I think the saints um, and you look at Sean Payton's record against rookie quarterbacks. It's even, it's even better, believe it or not, than, than Bill Belichick's record against rookie quarterbacks, even, you can even take a look at that. That's, I don't have it offhand, but um, he's an experienced coach and he was dialing up some stuff to, to really prevent them from doing much. So I give all the credit in the world to Sean Payton and the Saints. Yeah, 100%. 100%. They, 
they just, you know, Patriots need to figure out what they're going to do on offense. And, uh, you know, the Saints have it figured out on defense. So uh, I was surprised that, you know, I wouldn't have picked a spread quite like the, you know, the, the game resulting in right. what, 28 to uh, 10. Don't For, quote me. Uh, 28, 13. Yeah, you're close. 28, 13. Yeah. Um, so I, I probably would have said, you know, probably five point game, something like that, like yeah. less than seven, I would have said. Uh, for sure, maybe six, that type of deal. But uh, yeah, more credit to the Saints than than obviously the Pats, and and they got it done. Uh, the only other thing I was I was going to touch on is I'm slowly I'm st- slowly starting to think that that Daniel hates Big Ben far more than than Derek Carr like has he's ever hated Derek Carr. Oh man, he is just he's he's like digging a coffin for Big Ben at this point. I mean, brutal. Yeah. No, I, I it's just funny. It's just funny to watch him. It's just, it's just funny to watch him. And, and I'm sure the folks have noticed that we've kind of weaned off of Derek Carr a little bit. I feel like we, you know, he was dead and buried last year after some of our comments. Um, and yeah, I mean, they are, I think they're undefeated, which is, is crazy. Um, I think, uh, I think he owes us some credit for that. I think we like hey. resurrected his career. He clearly saw our comments, listened to them, I should say. And he's like, Hey, I got to get back in the lab. I got to be better for my team, for my organization, for my family. And he's delivering. I mean, granted after, you know, beating the dolphins in overtime against Jacoby Brissett, isn't that impressive? Uh, but Hey, you know, he's doing it. Dude. I, I, for whatever reason, I just always, always had a, like I always rooted for big Ben. So it's just tough for me to like really <laughs> give it up. Uh, but yeah. you know, the, the guy is definitely in decline. I just, I always root. Of, I don't know something about that guy. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for you, but it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's tough, man. It's, so it's, uh, it's duly noted. I'll, uh, I'll keep, I'll keep my, my thoughts and opinions about big Ben in check. I promise. Oh, no, 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 definitely. Definitely. Uh, <laughs> let them loose. It, it, it makes for a better show, but it, it's dude. It's, it's like the guy is, it's almost like he, he's the guy that like has a game on, on Sunday and it's like Wednesday and he's like, ah, I'll go out for a couple of drinks. And then it's like, it turns into like, he's out till two in the morning. He's, he's coming in like, waddling around like bumping into stuff like, oh man i gotta go to practice like that's yeah. just he, i picture him like maybe not now i know he has a couple of young kids but i just i feel like he's he's one of those guys like yeah I, I love the game but it's like i'm gonna enjoy my life in the same you know what i mean he's not brady where it's like you know brady brady might be more sexually attracted to football than he is his wife i don't know <laughs> he has some sick twist like he's he might be sick and twisted like that but Sheesh, that's that's take and a half right there. If I've ever heard of him, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I to, move on from that. Was, uh, it's yeah, I don't know how to, but uh, no, it's uh, yeah, it's you know, he we know Big Ben's on ground and tape at, until 10 p.m. <laughs> and Brady, Brady probably is, especially since he has to watch tape for himself and Gronk, but that's a different story for a different day. Uh, right. Aaron, give us give us the next game, which give me another game that uh, that caught your interest this past weekend um let's go i want to do i want to do the tennessee game i okay in in some aspects let me i'm looking down these one more time let me, let me see if i gotta obviously the bucks and rams that, that's one yep uh real quick i i watched most of that bills washington game absolutely brutal for washington just real quick that, that's all yeah. i'll say about that is just oh my god like defense has disappeared yeah it's and and then they're the often scary Dude, the the Bills are just the way the way Josh Allen can throw. Like, if you clock his velocity, it's got to be like 
up there with Rodgers. It's got to be. It's like his arm doesn't even, like, move. And the I ball know. is, like, out of there on yeah. a string 25 yards down the field. It's like a, a flick of the wrist, and that's all it takes for him. That's all um, it takes. I, I guess, I mean, we could talk about the Ravens game for just a couple minutes just because that was a I, – I watched most of that. That was a thriller, too. Um, I give credit to – I mean, the Lions defense, like, every t- almost every time Lamar would try and take off of the ball, like, they were – they were knocking him to the yeah. ground. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's a little encouraging for Detroit. Obviously, it's it's another loss. It's another 0-3. It's another, you know, probably long season ahead of you. But just for them to be in that game. Yeah. And now it's like – now it's, it's kind of questions like how good are the Ravens because they're – they played three straight games that have been like to the wire basically. Um, I don't know. It, it was definitely – it was an interesting one. And, and I just thought the Ravens would get clicking at some point, and they never really did. Like, I was just waiting for them to to run up the score. And You can and blame uh, Hollywood Brown for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, how many – I mean, how many – I mean, a couple of, like, legitimately 35, 40, 50-yard dimes from Amar. This guy's wide open. Marquise Brown, number five, Hollywood Brown. This is from Hollywood, Florida, uh, but just absolutely misses. Uh, hits his hand, hits his helmet in his hands. I mean, legitimately three separate occasions, three perfect throws from Lamar, which would have set them up in at least at the minimum uh, field goal position. One of them, I think, was would have been for a touchdown and just outright just misses them. Uh, I mean, I guess to spin it in a positive, he obviously got separation on those routes, but I mean, you're getting paid millions to to make a wide open catch, so you probably should convert one at least once or twice. No, that's a that's a great point. Um, yeah, he he got loose, like you said, multiple multiple times, and and just doink right off his hands. Um, so yeah, it, it would have been far. You know, the game would have been not even close probably if he makes like at least two of those catches. Um, yeah, that's that's an outstanding point. Um, I mean, Mark Andrews had a great game. Yep. Um, that guy's, you know, as long as he stays healthy, he's, he's one of the better tight ends in my, in my opinion, in the league. But, um, yeah, that, that just, obviously we're going to touch on the kick. I mean, when, when obviously they, they, they placed it and, you know, it went up, I was like, dude, if I don't know, like it was looking like it was about to fall short, uh, (laughs) and then, and then it hits the crossbar. I'm like, all right, you know, like there was that split second, like what's going to happen. And the officials, I don't even think, saw it for, like, you know, a good two seconds. Right. Like, that that was pretty epic to, to watch that. Not that I'm a, you know, a fan of field goals and, and all that type of thing. But for a game to end like that was, was pretty epic, obviously. And 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 the record being shattered by uh, Justin Tucker there. Yeah, that was, absolute, that was absolutely incredible. Um, Justin Tucker has never missed a kick in a dome. I saw that, which is insane. Um yeah, I mean, I think the the previous record was 64 yards, but that was you know in Denver. Obviously, the the uh, air, uh, what do you call it? Not not inflation. What am I thinking of? <laughs> uh, elevation. My goodness gracious! Obviously, uh, the ball is going to travel a little bit further there. So this one to be in a dome, obviously at, at Detroit, which is somewhat of a normal elevation, I think, is absolutely insane. Um, I, you know, earlier in the day we saw the Jaguars. I think it was try try a long kick and then. Um, no, I'm sorry. The Cardinals tried to try to long kick, and then um, right, the right. Jaguars guy uh, Jamal Agnew returned it for a touchdown. So I, when I, you know, this popped up on on the Sunday ticket. I was like, oh, this we might have another Jaguars Cardinals situation here. But yeah, for for them to hit the crossbar and then for it to you know, fall back and, and go in was was absolutely nuts. And I just feel for Detroit here because they're. 
they don't have the best roster in the league by any stretch of the imagination, but they are absolutely playing their hearts out for, for Dan Campbell. Um, and to keep Baltimore, I mean, despite all the drop passes, to keep Baltimore at 19 points is absolutely insane. Um, and then Jared Goff, you know, definitely they're going to be in the market for, for a quarterback next year. But, you know, Jared Goff, you got to feel for the guy. He uh, started off his career with Jeff Fisher and, and has not won a game, um, you know, since leaving Sean McVay. He's, he's never won a game outside of winning a game with Sean McVay. So, uh, you, obviously, when they hit that field goal with about a minute left, you, you'd have to think that they were – going to win the game. But again, similar to the 49ers Packers, you just leave the Ravens with too much time with, with how they, how quick they can run the ball, but obviously, you know, how they can, how Lamar can flick it to, he obviously has a, has a phenomenal arm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Lions play the, play the bears next week. So, you know, bears coming off a tough week, if they can continue to play just as hard as they did in this game, I think no doubt uh, they come out with a win. I'd be interested, I'd be interested to see who's favored in that game. I would assume it would be the Lions, especially if the bears have to start, uh, Justin Fields again, because um, I did see Nagy wanted to go back to Dalton, um, you know, once once he realized he was going to be out for a little bit. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I got a feel for Dan Campbell. He's got the, he's got, he, I think he's got them on, on the right ship. I don't know if he's the best X's and O's guy, but um, if I was to pick a guy in the league who, who could lead my team and motivate me, it'd, it'd probably be Dan Campbell. Yeah, I've always, I've always like felt bad, like, like really truth be told just feel bad for for Detroit and their fans and then it was funny I, I saw it on uh Barstool somewhere that uh you know they the, the owner came out to introduce Calvin Johnson into the uh yeah Lions Hall of Fame absolutely got blasted by booze like that place was just letting her have it I love it I love to see that I'd love to see like you know for example the Baltimore Orioles uh, like owner come out and people just start throwing beers at them and, you know, just, just let them have it. Cause you know, when these organizations struggle for so long, it's like, you gotta, you, you put the blame on the owner and you put the blame on the organization, not so much the players, the coaches that have been through there. I mean, at, at some point you got to get it figured out. So, right. uh, you know, well, well, deservingly uh, they got booed or she, she got booed, I should say. Yeah. Uh, no, it's, I mean, I don't even know why I mean, to have a retirement game or a hall of fame game, whatever you call it, when you're playing the Ravens at home is probably quite <laughs> idiotic. I mean, the, the, the giants had an Eli retirement game uh, against the Falcons. They still ended up losing, but at least you, you, you know, you know, you know, going in, at least the game's going to be close. You're going to get blown out. I mean, obviously this game was close, but to lose in a heartbreaking fashion <laughs> on Calvin Johnson day is, uh, is definitely got to hurt. But yeah, like I said, Detroit's probably going to bounce back next week. Uh, come, you know, Friday show, they might actually be my, my tickler, uh, might actually take them, but stay tuned for that. Um, Aaron, if it's okay with you, uh, I'm going to do a quick jets minute here. I think I'm going to get this out of my system and then we'll go to you for another game before we move on to, uh, to some MLB talk and, and wrap up football. Um, but here, here we go. You got to let it go. Like you got, you got to let it loose because you can't keep all that inside of you. That's not good for you. Just like frozen. Got to let it go. Phenomenal movie. Um, <laughs> 26 to zero, really no positives you can take out of this game. Um, offensive line, putrid. Uh, defense didn't play great. Um, the Broncos didn't play great, so if I'm going to put up 26 points is, is crazy. Um, I'm going to try my hardest to spin zone the absolute crap out of this, um, but Zach Wilson is – I'm not pushing the panic button. I, I kind of attribute this team. If you remember the Dolphins a few years ago, I think it was 2019, um, Flores' first season there. 
that team on paper was going to go like 0 and 32. I mean, they were seeing a beat so bad, they were going to just put another 16 losses on the board for them. Uh, they, the first few weeks, I think they started off like 0 and 4, 0 and 5, um, and then eventually turned the ship around because we saw that they had great defense. Um, and I'm assuming, I think they went like 0 and 10. I'm sorry. Um, they had a great defense, and on paper, their offense was a little bit better, and, and they figured out. Um, how to win, um, in the, in, you know, kind of throughout that year. And they obviously beat the Jets in, in Miami to get their first win of the season. Um, so I, I, I kind of attribute the Jets to that a little bit. I think they're going to go through some growing pains. Obviously, they have been. Um, but, you know, you're changing an entire culture around. Uh, I'm going to put most of this loss on the offense, though. Uh, they could not run the ball like they, did, like they did last week. And obviously could not pass the ball. Zach Wilson, 19 for 35, 106 yards, two picks. Uh, one of which not his fault, I will say that. So that's one spin zone there for you. Um, Mike LaFleur, the offensive coordinator, is Matt LaFleur, coach of the Packers, little brother. I think he needs just to, to hey, to, hey, bro, Matt, can you just email me the zip file? Can you send me a flash drive of your playbook? I'm going to chuck everything we're throwing out there out, and we're going to just implement what the Packers do. I think that would be – I mean, that would probably work wonders for our team. It, it, the offensive line, when we can't it, even run block – we know we're going to run the ball and you can't even run forward to block a guy. You got a couple yards, your defense probably, or your offense probably can't hope to pass the ball either. Um, you would think they'd, they'd do a lot of play action passes. I think they only did like three or four this past week. That probably should be a minimum of like eight to 10 and RPOs as well. I think just, you know, they called one RPO this year. I saw that said earlier on Twitter, which is absolutely insanity. Anything to keep the defense guessing uh, the jets are not doing, I will say, um, they do, they do have a lot of pre-snap motion, which I think can help Zach Wilson, um, kind of figure out what the defense is doing pre-snap. But, um, if you're not going to get creative, like, like routes, then I don't know what d- the deal is. And I saw one clip on Twitter where it was like third and six, and, um, there were three guys in, in the middle of the field it was a tight end side receiver and outside receiver all ran a post to like the same spot, which is like a three yards, um, short of the sticks B all three defenders were in the, in the vicinity and C nobody else was, was open. So Zach took like a 15 yard sack. So uh, I, I can't say it's, it's all on, it's all on Zach Wilson. I would argue that, that most of it is not on him. Uh, it's just tough when, you know, to be a rookie quarterback when you really don't have the supporting cast around you. And I've, I feel like the jets have been rebuilding, you know, for 10 years now and it's, it's coming to the season. You thought that the receivers and, in the offensive line was going to be somewhat of a strong point and you wouldn't have to rely as much on the rookie quarterback, but it seems as, as he goes, we are, are going to go. And I will say the Broncos, the Panthers um, and the Patriots uh, have three of the top, like five to 10 defenses in the league. Um, after this, our schedule gets a lot easier. We do play the Titans next week, which will be a loss, but um, they don't have as great of a defense as, they, as they've had in years past. So, I'm hoping we can get the ship right here in the next few weeks and maybe squeak out a win against one of these teams. But uh, I think before we know it, we could be like 0 6 or 0 and 7. Um, and to be honest, this is one of those games where you just take the tape, bury it in the practice field, never reference it again, and just move on to the next week because I'm just sick of hearing, you know, how good the, the team's practicing, how good Zach looks in practice, um, how good of a game plan you had going in because. At the end of the day, if you can't execute, uh, there's really no point in showing up. Um, so, yeah, 26 nothing, not ideal on the Tennessee. Yeah, it's 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 brutal, man. I, I thought, like, coming into this game, I, I knew it was going to be extremely difficult with 
obviously the inexperience from Zach Wilson. You're playing, I think they are the number one ranked defense. If I, yeah, I could be they wrong. Are. Yeah, I knew they at least were uh, like a week ago. So, yeah, I, it's 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 brutal. I mean, it, they finished with 11 first downs, four for 13 on third down, and they were penalized eight times for, for 89 yards. It's just tough to, to overcome really any of that you know, when you're playing a defense that can just absolutely swallow you up. So, yeah, yeah I mean, if I'm in your shoes, if I'm if I'm uh, rooting for the Jets, I, I just – you it's almost like you got to have some type of moral victories uh, against those type of teams because in order to beat those teams, I mean, you're going to have to play lights out just to compete right. with them. So it, it's extremely tough, man. I, I I thought, you know, like I think I said last week, if they can, if they can put like – 14 points on the board and Zach Wilson yeah. looks good on a couple of drives. I'd say that's almost like a, a victory in itself, but obviously they, they just, they couldn't get going. Um, and they only had like three yards per, per play itself. So just, just tough, man. I, I, with a, with a, you know, less brutal defense this week, hopefully you guys can just, you know, at least uh, look like you're clicking on, on offense and, and get in sync and, it's tough also because if your rookie quarterback's, you know, confidence starts to waver, it's, it only gets harder and harder. And it's, right. it's just, I feel for you guys, like my team is, you know, pretty horrible right now too. I, it's just, it's brutal when you can't like, when you're not competing, like when I was watching the Eagles game and it, they weren't even competing, that's when it's like, you know, it makes you not want to even watch another minute of it. Cause it's, it's just defeating. It's, it's mentally exhausting. It's, it's just brutal when you're when you're not in contention with the other team yeah I mean, when 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 your football team is is historically a losing franchise you and i well know very well that in in these games and in these seasons when your teams obviously aren't going to put up good records overall game in and game out you always want at least one phase of the game or at least partially one sector of your team's game plan you want to take away at least a couple of good things but when you chalk it up to a 26 to nothing domination Every single phase, you know, penalties, special teams, offense, defense, like turnover margin, uh, physicality, uh, want to win, the desire to, to play the game. When every single category you're getting outplayed and getting outclassed, it's just it makes for not only a bad day, but you're just like, what's the point of even being a fan of this team? Um, and I hate to say that week three, like there were some positives out of week one. There were some positives out of week two. And I thought that we were finally starting to put – two and two together and, and come together and play a cohesive game. But this is just a complete opposite of what I was hoping for. And, and obviously they're playing the number one defense, as you mentioned. And I think you, you hit the nail on the head. Like if Zach, you get a touchdown drive in the first half, get a touchdown drive in the second half, they lose like 26 to 14. I'm sitting here probably, in, you know, talking more positively than I, than I would be obviously now, but I'm probably talking like, Hey, maybe we squeak a win out against Tennessee next week. I, I, at this point, I think there's no chance we win next week. There's We, we play the Falcons a week after. Um, I hope we can obviously win that game, but it's just a, a terrible place to be when you're sitting here, you know, obviously, you know, on a Tuesday or Wednesday after your team plays. It's just like, I don't even want to watch next week. Um, and I hate to be saying that, you know, going into week four, but um, it just feels like under Gase that I was like that every single week. And I, I figured this year would be different under Salah and the rosters improved. And we got an exciting young rookie quarterback who's got some receivers who has some sort of an offensive line. The defense is playing good that, you know, I, I could, you know, be looking forward to seeing my team play, but it, unfortunately it's just not the case. So um, who knows, maybe it'll surprise, surprise me going into this week, but um, I'm going to have to really be convinced otherwise to, to take any positives, you know, moving forward.
Yeah, no, trust me. I, I was kind of feeling the same way with, with my team. It was like, you know, just I was kind of like before they play, you always think like, all right, we at least have a chance or, or you know, we have a fighting. We can we can put forth a fighting effort and, and maybe find a way to win. And, and right. just just like how the Jets went through it this week, dude, it's, it's just brutal when you're just getting beaten all facets of the game. And, and especially when it's play calling, like when you can just clearly see like we're, we're just not being smart. It's just so it's so frustrating as a fan because you're like, you know, you, you look forward to these games and then it's like, what the hell are we doing? Like that, that is just, that's brutal to go through. Absolutely. Just extremely frustrating and, and demoralizing. Yeah. It's, uh, it's tough. Um, but all right. That was my Jets talk. Nice <laughs> to get all out. Sometimes you got to talk about the negatives in life. You got to talk about the positives. So, you know, we're, we're going to face the music every single week. I think this is, just our classic case of Aaron and I both blasting the music, so to speak, um, especially both of our teams coming off two tough losses. But, uh, hey, we wouldn't have a podcast if we weren't man enough to do that. So credit to us. <laughs> um, awesome. Any, any other games that, that really caught your eye before we move on to, to how our picks turned out? Um, really the only other one, and, and we don't have to go, like, balls to the wall on it. Uh, just, you know, obviously the Chiefs. The I love it. <laughs> uh obviously the, the you know real quick takes I mean the Colts are now 0-3 you know they didn't play a bad game you got Wentz out there basically crippled as well as Big Ben was this week with two sprained ankles uh don't even know how it's possible once again I'm gonna say that I say it every week but uh yeah they, they go to 0-3 obviously Titans getting the better of them and then the uh the Chiefs drop another one Andy Reid ends up in the hospital I mean yeah it, it just absolute madness from uh you know, Chiefs Kingdom there. Yeah, and I anytime you hear hear a guy like that go to the hospital, it's it's obviously very tough. Um yeah, they're in sole possession of last place um in the AFC West. If you told me that, you know, that was gonna happen a month ago, I would say you're absolutely insane, especially looking at, at their schedule. I mean, I, you know, that division's obviously very tough, so that's a, a tough six games off off the bat. Um all of their games, you know, are always gonna be in like prime time and, and things like that. I, you know, so they're never going to have like an easier schedule, so to speak. They're always going to be under the microscope, especially after people are calling Patrick Mahomes the best thing since sliced bread. Um, but yeah, I, you know, the Chargers team, I, I think, you know, they're obviously very good. I, I just think that I watched, you know, a little bit of this game and saw some decent amount of the highlights, especially watching red zone. But uh, I, I think that some of the turnovers and some of the self-inflicted mistakes definitely caught up to the Chiefs. So it's, it's the old cliche. I don't know if this is the Chargers winning the game. I think it was the Chiefs losing the game. And uh, I'm not one to hit, sit here and hit the panic button um, on them whatsoever. Uh, and, and unfortunately, they play your Eagles next week. So um, I'm assuming they're licking their chops for, for a bounce back game. Hopefully the Eagles can catch them on, on a trap game and, and send them to one and three. But um, yeah, definitely surprising to, to see their record, to say the least. Yeah, it's it's unprecedented. Obviously, um, just Mahomes. I don't think he's lost in September before this year. Right and now, he has he has two losses. Um, I don't know. The Chargers are like a sneaky good team, though. I mean, they're they're, yeah, they they're definitely, definitely on the, the uptrend. Um, Mahomes another two interceptions this week. Uh, I think eventually they obviously right the ship. Probably not even eventually. Probably this week against obviously the Eagles. I just don't see that being. Probably a close game. I just hate to say it, but that, right. that's probably how that's going to go. And, and, you know, they'll put this behind them, you know, get the 500 and then 
you know, the Chiefs are one of those teams, even if they're down 14, 21 points in a single game, you can never count them out. So yeah, long way to go in the, in this, in this uh, short NFL season to this point. And it's definitely not, not time to, to sound the alarm quite yet. <laughs> definitely not time. Um, awesome. Moving on from our teams getting obliterated on the field to Aaron and I coming out winners off the field. We're just going to, I think we're going to keep this, this picks going, obviously don't, you know, we're not experts by any stretch of the imagination. We just like to have fun picking some games, whether it be, you know, for money or for, or, or not. Um, we're always very responsible. I just want to throw that out there off, off the bat as a disclaimer, but Aaron and I are both two and L last week, Aaron picked the Cardinals against the Jaguars by a touchdown. Uh, he picked the Ravens by a touchdown uh, against the Lions. Then he picked the Browns by seven uh, against the bears. He was two and L obviously winning the Cardinals, pick and Brown's pick the Ravens uh, Hollywood Brown, I think is to blame for that pick, not hitting or else I thought at least he should be a three and oh, unfortunately it comes out to, to two and one myself. I picked a couple underdogs. I picked the Packers to win or, or by three. They, they definitely won. Obviously I picked Seattle against Minnesota, which I don't think I'm ever going to pick Seattle on the road again. Uh, that was a classic case of the Vikings just being more desperate and playing um, obviously with a little bit more heart and hustle um, than coming out on top. So that's my one loss for the week. And then I picked the Titans um, minus five and a half against the Colts and Carson Wentz. Uh, that one, that game was interesting. I feel like each team leader just trading picks. I mean, Tannehill had up and down day, obviously three touchdowns, but did have two picks. And then Carson Wentz had a couple picks himself. So in the end, the Titans definitely come back and, and score that late score uh in the fourth quarter for them to go up by nine so that cash as well Aaron and i are two and one uh, we'll definitely have some more picks for you guys this week um for our show on friday but uh we'll keep our stats as well um kind of throughout the season to see which which one of us comes out victorious um yeah maybe we'll put we'll have a little friendly wager in there at the end of the season but uh either way nonetheless hopefully uh you guys have fun with it picking games alongside us as as we are um picking games for ourselves as well yeah, no, it's it adds a whole another dynamic to uh, to watching the games and things of that nature. I I put a little parlay together for the the Eagles game. I was four for eight though, so absolutely brutal, fifty percent. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, it was like a fifty cent or a dollar for like fifty bucks. So I was like, what you know, oh you know, why not roll the dice from here? You know, time and time again, but uh, and and just see what happens. But yeah, no, it's it's. It's fun. It, it, it makes the games that, you know, I could care less about, you know, I, I start to care a little bit more about. So. Awesome, man. Um, definitely. All right. Let's, uh, when we get to a little state of baseball as we lead into some of the, the playoff races here, Aaron's going to dive into nationally. I'm going to handle the American league. Um, but Aaron, just give us a little bit of a pulse check on, on where we stand MLB wise. Yeah. So it, it's definitely, um, you know, a lot of interesting things have been happening as far as like, for example, let, let's just go into like the, the NL West, for example, um, you know, that, that, that division itself, I mean, you got the Dodgers leading the wild card and obviously the, uh, the Giants leading the division, the Dodgers have 101 wins and they're in the wild card. It's just absolutely insane. Um, you got the Cardinals who have won uh, now 17 games in a row and they're in sole possession of that, that second place wild card spot. Um, I feel kind of bad for the Cincinnati Reds though. Like they've, they've put a good season together and they're just, they're going to be on the outside looking, looking in. Um, so it, yeah, it just, 
those type of things for the, for the wild card. Uh, as far as division goes, um, you know, obviously the uh, the Atlanta Braves and the, and the Phillies are kind of clashing right now, but it, it looks like unless really the, the Phillies win out uh, the rest of the season and the Braves lose the rest of the season, that's really one of the only ways the Phillies get in. They're, they're three and a half games back of the uh, of the Braves after dropping a, a heartbreaker yesterday, two to one. So um, wild card pretty much locked up in the NL. You got the Dodgers, you got the Cardinals. Um, the Brewers are actually an insanely good team too to watch uh, come yep. playoff time. Um, so yeah, that, that's that's the wild card for you. But um, really, the the National League is I it's getting deeper and deeper. I would say uh, as the years progress here, I, I used to think the American League was like the, the king of, of the whole the whole league, the the class of the, the whole league. I, it's I don't know if it's like that anymore. Obviously, with the the Dodgers absolutely being like the new Yankees as far as how they spend right. money, it is it is insane. Uh, and now you got teams like the Padres who aren't going to make it, and they're absolutely loaded as well. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's crazy, man. I, I don't even – I don't know. The 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 Yankees, as, as far as, like, the, the AL, and, and I'll let you take over, but the yeah. the Yankees are, are a little bit scary only because that lineup is filthy when it's operating, you know, and clicking on all cylinders. Obviously, you got the, the White Sox. I don't know if I trust them yet, but they got Tony yeah. LaRusso, who's a proven winner. Um, you got the, you know, the usual suspects like the Astros in there, uh, which will be interesting as well, just because of, uh, how much hatred everybody has for them. Um, but yeah, I, I, of all the divisions, it's like NL East is, is by far the weakest. And then everybody else is like, these other divisions are just absolutely like bonkers as far as like the win loss, the wins and losses and, and just, you know, how deep these teams are this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like you said, it's, it's. The National League, especially for the wild card, is is a little bit more buttoned up. Obviously, the Dodgers in St. Louis have that with, you know, I think they both clinch at this point with only a few, few more games left. But it seems like in the AL, um, the there are five teams fighting for two spots. The Yankees obviously are there. They're two games up on the Red Sox, who are a half game up on the Mariners. Uh, and then Toronto's one back, the Red Sox. Then you have the A's trailing a little bit three and a half back. Then the next closest team is Cleveland with 11 games back. So with five games left, uh, the magic number for the Yankees is three. Um, they went into Boston this past weekend, swept them three straight, uh, then took care of business last night against the Blue Jays, um, which was a great game to watch. Uh, like you said about their lineup, it, they have had the weirdest, most up and down ebb and flow season that I can remember out of them. Either they're like, genuinely bad or they're like generically good uh but this season it feels like they started the season terribly obviously had that mid-season swing where they won like you know seventh like 10 straight whatever it was and they were kind of on a downswing the past month or so and then now with you know with only five games left at at that time going to the Red Sox series there were eight games left six games left um they really turned it on and, and really needed to have at least two out of three of those those Red Sox games um, but they ended up sweeping. So Stanton obviously playing phenomenally. He was just named, I think, AL Player of the Week or AL Player of the Month, one of the two. Um, Aaron Judge hitting 280, 290, probably the MVP of the team this year. Um, then you have guys like the Mayhew playing well or Shallow playing well. Rizzo um, and Gallo obviously being phenomenal deadline, you know, acquisitions for the, for that team. Carried the Yankees, you know, when they were playing poorly a few months ago or, or obviously still playing well. Um, then their pitchers have been, have been playing well too, which is obviously 
um, to have both both phases of the game really clicking for for the team is something that we haven't really seen this season. Um, they just got Severino back, um, who was actually out of the pen. He's been throwing the eighth inning, obviously playing lights out. Um, so their starting pitchers, their their entire team are are starting to get healthier now, which you know is obviously great if they can you know get this wild card spot locked up, win that, and get into the actual playoffs. Obviously, that's an ideal scenario. Um, but yeah, I mean, with, with five games left, their magic number is three. Um, the Red Sox are, are absolutely faltering right now. Um, they lost to the Orioles last night, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> I saw the, the Mariners account tweeted the old office uh, picture of, of Jim and Dwight teaming up for a team. And, and I guess they have some sort of secret alliance. So the Mariners, Toronto and Oakland are, are hoping that Baltimore can continue to take care of business. Um, the Yankees and Jays have have two more this week, and then the Yankees have to go play in Tampa, which obviously isn't ideal. I'm hoping, very much hoping that um, Tampa obviously sees that they have the division locked up. Maybe they take take a night or two off, or so to speak, or don't play their their good guys. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Toronto being a game back of the Red Sox, Seattle being a half game back of the Red Sox. Um, like I said, it's it's going to be a, a phenomenal last five games uh, of the season, and and this time. You know, we obviously might have more of an update for you later this week, but this time next week, um, we should have an idea of, of who's playing the wild card games and then, you know, who, who's obviously going to be matching up in, uh, in the actual playoffs. So it should be a, a phenomenal, you know, finish to the Major League Baseball season. Yeah, exactly that. I, I think you, I, I say this all the time, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. It's like, you might as well call this guy a hammer. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, the, the dad jokes are, are alive. I'll take that, I'll take that nickname. <laughs> I uh I just you know I I really really hope the Cardinals don't go the whole way. I just don't I never like those that team either. It's another team just not on my on my shit list, I'll say that. Uh but yeah, no. I I think as far as the American League if the if the Yankees and Rays play a series or even if it would be Boston and the Rays, that's just going to be extremely uh dramatic, extremely just intense uh, just because yeah. they, they play each other all the time. And, and I, I said early in the season, I was like, look out for the blue Jays. I, I did, you know, I don't know oh, if yeah. I said, I don't think I said that on this pod, but um, that team I'll is, you, I'll give you credit for it. They're, they're sneaky. Good, man. They're, they're like, you wouldn't think they're as good as they are. And, and they've built that lineup so well. Like there's so much young talent on that team. And then uh, you got like Bo Bouchette, a little older, yeah. um, you know, obviously Guerrero Jr. What's that? Bobachet's too good. He needs to okay. chill. Oh, I was gonna. I, I thought there was gonna be some hate there. I was like, no, he's, he's a he's, he's a great player. He's he's got to chill out though. At least this week. <laughs> I like uh, I like him. I like Calvin Vigio. I just like that. I don't know. I just I do like that team. Um, so it's it's definitely exciting, and and the, and the AL East is definitely represented here in the in the you know last couple of games of the season, and it's gonna be interesting. If I I don't know if I had to make a pick. Right now, I'd probably say, unfortunately, the Dodgers probably make it again. Um, to this, to the World Series, you're saying? To, to the World Series, but yeah. I did say I, I I'll stick I'll stick with this. I I said the Giants are going to get to the World Series like very early on, like three oh. months in, and they were on fire. I just and I you know I'll hold I'll hold to that. I'll I'll say the Giants go. Screw the Dodgers. Forget that. <laughs> Forget that I even said that. And. Uh, <sighs> I'm so split on the AL though, man. It's like I could I could see I could see the Rays going, but I, I just don't know if yep. they have enough. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go Brewers. 
I like yeah. I like your breakdown a bit earlier. They have some great starting pitching. Uh, I think I, I I don't know. I I think the Giants and Dodgers and they play each other. I'm assuming the Dodgers are going to get out of the wild card game. Uh, that's going to be a dogfight. I think it's going to take a lot out of whomever the eventual winner of that series is. And I think the Brewers are going to sneakily backdoor get into the World Series. And then I I can't pick against my Yankees. So I'm picking them, obviously, to get out of the wild card game. I think they're just clicking at the right time. Um, I would love if they could – I mean, I guess I wouldn't love this. I, I hope some some team takes out the Rays before we have to play on. I'm sure how the seating's actually going to shake out. But I like our chances against anybody in the AL probably – besides the Rays. I, that that one I would be genuinely nervous about. I think we can take care of business against the White Sox. We're 5-1 and one against them this year. Um, I think we can take care of business against whomever we're playing against in the wildcard game. It's just the Rays, to me, are are going to be a bit tricky to, to navigate. But, um, yeah, I'd be remiss if I didn't pick my Yankees to, to come out of the AL. Yeah, of all years, uh, they definitely uh... – they definitely strike some fear into me as a as a Yankee hater. I I, uh, I definitely could see you know somehow some way they they're at least getting to the the ALCS or, or something along those lines. It's just it's not it's not out of the question. And they've they've proven a couple of times this year to go on like you know long streaks of of, of you know absolute dominance. So yep. um, I know there's some people out there like riding the White Sox. I I don't think they're ready yet. I think they're they're a good team. They're definitely. Uh, when their pitching's clicking, they're they're definitely a very good team, but I just don't see it yet. Um, yeah, so they're, I, not gonna do, they're not going to do anything. Nothing. 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 <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll say, yeah, yeah. Just to, to wrap it up, I'll say, I'll say it goes, Giants. I got to make a pick, Giants, and I'll say, I'll say Giants Rays, and the Giants win, and the Rays are still without. That'd be a, that'd be a good series. That'd be, I mean. Not the greatest in terms of like big markets, but I think like teams on paper, that would be a phenomenal World Series. Yeah, it would be definitely just interesting. So, uh, you know, um, yeah, I, I'm just surprised and, and not to drag it out. The, the Giants, I'm just surprised the Giants are, are this good. I mean, it right. just seems like they have a bunch of old guys out there. Um, the boy, uh, Gabe Kapler holding down the fort. Oh, dude, brutal for Philly. And, the one, and the one who got away. I, apparently, so, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you this: Joe Girardi definitely is not is not the guy. I'll say that. Yeah, it wasn't the guy in New York. <laughs> Although he's probably better than Aaron Boone, that's for sure. Oh, tell you that for free. Huh? Damn, I don't. This I'm guy. No, I, I don't. I'm not a fan of Boone, but uh, I think he's better than Girardi. I, I'll say yeah, that. I, dude, Girardi is just he's bought. He, Girardi's like, who, who's an NFL coach that gets just thrown around the league and just doesn't really do anything Jason Garrett I mean I would have thrown around the league yeah yeah no it doesn't I, do much that's about the the caliber of, of quality you get yeah Jason Garrett type of quality uh with with Girardi questionable decisions uh makes the same mistakes over and over and over again doesn't learn anything from his mistakes so yeah I'd say that's that's pretty accurate I love it um awesome action pack show today Aaron Appreciate you being off me as per usual. Um, what can the people look forward to with our second show of the week and, and in the process, just uh, take us home. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll be giving you guys some some opportunities to make some more cash this coming weekend. Um, you know, who doesn't want more cash? But uh, yeah, and, and obviously we can uh, we can break down the, the Jags-Bengals game. 
Uh, it'll be on Thursday. So, um, yeah, just – yeah, I know. It's brutal. I I kind of want Trevor Lawrence to have a good game, but I don't know if he will. That team is just god-awful. Uh, Joe Burrow looked very good last week, though, so maybe he'll, he'll light it up at home with, uh, obviously, Jamar Chase. 